Welcome to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, Darlene Childress, and today I'm going to talk about saying sorry. We're going to talk about when you lose your temper. So we'll do another episode on how to handle it when your kids make a mistake and what to do, um, you know, how to help them fix mistakes that they've made and how to say sorry in ways that are, you know, actually helpful. But today we're going to talk about you and what happens when you lose your temper. So here's the thing. Perfection is not possible, right? Like that's just true. Like we can't be perfect, nor would we want to be, right? Because there's no growth in perfection. So if it's not possible in life, it's definitely not possible in parenting because being a mom or being a parent, you're in a relationship with another person. And so it's very difficult to like stay emotionally managed and regulated all the time. So all parents lose their temper and speak or act harshly towards their kids from time to time. I just want you to know like it's normal and it doesn't make you a bad parent. So when you have these moments where you have kind of lost your temper I used to have a coach and she said, you know, blowing your top. Um, I have a friend, she says, like, lose your noodle or whatever. So however you phrase it, these moments, they're sometimes called ruptures because they interrupt the connection between the parent and the child. It's like a little volcano rupture or something. So no one can actually make you angry like Anger, it's an emotion and it comes from your thoughts about a circumstance. So sometimes like your kid, you know, gets out of bed, you know, you put him to bed and you're like, okay, good night. You walk out of the room and it's no problem, right? You're they like, you're like, bye, good night, right? And then some days they come out of their room. I call that Jack in the Box. And they're like, you know, can I get some water? And you're like, yes, okay. And then, you know, the next time, they come out, you're like, stop coming out, right? The circumstance is actually the same. Your kid coming out after you put them to bed. And there's moments when it's like not a big deal. And there's moments when it is a big deal. So your anger, that's an emotion. It's coming from your thoughts where you're like, this kid shouldn't be doing this, right? This is annoying or whatever. And it makes you angry. So getting angry isn't actually a problem. It's very normal. It's very natural to feel anger, just like any other emotion. So it's how you handle yourself when you are angry. That's what you have a lot of control over. So when your child misbehaves or their behavior creates a problem, you have many ways to react to that circumstance. So being really aware and doing the pause break, right? Like pause, like stopping and resetting your mind and body. When you pause before reacting, you're going to have a lot fewer parenting ruptures. You might feel that anger, but you're not acting that anger out with your kids. And so you're not going to need to apologize for your anger, right? It's really when we act our anger out in ways that like hurt our children or make us feel disconnected from them. So obviously the ideal situation is to not not act out your anger, right? Okay. But 
if you, if it's not possible, it's just not your person. So how do you handle it when you do act your anger out? When you speak or act harshly towards your child and you create that negative impact and you create that disconnection, how you handle that parenting rupture, that's what actually matters. Like your anger is whatever it is and actually your action is whatever it is. But when you lose your temper and you act that anger out, it's time to take responsibility for your actions and repair the rupture. So repair is what we're talking about today, repairing that rupture. Um, Repair is the conversation you have with your child in order to mend the disconnection between you. So there are unhealthy ways of handling a rupture, okay? Like this is just, oops, this is just how it happens, right? So sometimes when we have a disagreement with someone or conflict and we act our anger out, we might want to blame or blame the other person or justify our behavior, right? So what does that look like in parenting? It's like, well, I acted so upset because, you know, they did blank. Like if they would just do the right thing, I wouldn't have to get mad. And yelling is the only thing that works anyway. And it's my kid's fault that I got so mad. So when you're blaming your kid on your action, (laughs) when you're justifying your action, because you feel like you're entitled to acting that out because your kid acted out, you're going to end up lecturing and punishing and, you know, moving into like a resentment cycle with you and your kid because you're not addressing your, your actual, like your actual behavior. You're just blaming your child on your behavior. Another thing that parents do when they're don't want to, you know, handle the parenting rupture, they want to make repair is they'll just dismiss it. So they'll just be like, oh, they'll get over it. It's, e- it's just easier. Like, it's not a big deal. It's easier just to like ignore it and like pretend everything is fine. And so what that does is it like leads to more disconnection. And also it's like very confusing for the child. They feel less emotionally safe with you when you sort of pretend that nothing happened. Even if you like, I mean, I've told these stories. Like I used to yell so much, that like spit would come out of my mouth. Because I was not stopping to swallow. I would just like, I just get so raged, enraged. And if I were just like, oh, they'll get over it. Well, they're going to be really confused. They're going to be like, oh, I don't, did that even happen? Like there, I'm a little kid. Did I deserve that? Like it just gets really confusing for them. Another thing that parents do after they have like a parenting rupture is they'll feel really guilty, like really guilty, like oh my God, I'm like such a bad mom, you know. Um, I'm going to like, and then they want to feel better. So they want to get rid of their guilt. So then they want to like make make it up to their kid by buying a treat for them or something. Like, you know what? Oh, I yelled at you. Let me buy you a treat. Like, you know, oh. So it, it doesn't actually like make, improve your child's behavior or yours. And it can kind of build up more resentment. Like, you will end up thinking, wait, they did something wrong. I got angry and then I bought them ice cream. Like what? <laughs> you won't end up feeling great about it. Um, 
the shame will come up too. Like, I'm such a terrible mother. I can never get this right. My kid's going to get so messed up because I'm their mom. And like, kind of go into a shame spiral. And then that kind of produces inaction and despair. And that continues that disconnection. So these, these patterns, blaming, dismissing, you know, trying to assuage your own guilt by basically bribing, um, shaming yourself or being overly critical. None of those resolve the conflict and teach your children what, how to like improve their behavior by you showing them how you're going to improve your behavior. It's not modeling anything. It's not teaching anything. It's not giving your child emotional uh, management tools. So these strategies, the, oh, the other strategy is excusing yourself. Like, I'm the parent. Why should I have to apologize? I do everything around here. I'm exhausted. Plus, I have a headache. It's no wonder I'm mad all the time. So if you're kind of like, I'm entitled to feeling this way, and, uh, you know, you're in this pattern where you're like, I get to act this way because everyone else in my family is a jerk towards me, you're going to feel much more resentment towards your kids, and you're going to have more ruptures and more lectures and the imp- improvement in the behavior that you want isn't going to happen. So all of these strategies, they work in the short term, right, to resolve the conflict and maybe create some peace. Like you kind of shut down the, uh, the conversation, you turn it on your kid, you kind of pass over it, whatever. But in the long term, they, they, these strategies, they work against your parenting goals of building emotional literacy, in your kids, right? Emotional literacy. I know what I'm feeling. I know how to talk about it. I know what to do about it. So when you model repair, you're actually modeling. I know what I was feeling. I didn't know how to talk about it and I didn't know what to do with it. And I'm going to work on that. Like you're kind of modeling your own emotional literacy there. Even in retrospect, you can go back and like, oh, I know what I was feeling. I Now I know how to talk about it and now I know how to repair it. So if you want to develop kids, responsible kids, who know how to manage their emotions and fix their mistakes, you're going to be wanting to repair your ruptures with them, you know, by doing this strategy that I'm teaching today. Because I'm going to walk you through how to have a repair conversation with your kids that actually restores connection and strengthens your relationship and models to your kids emotional management tools. So some of the benefits of having a repair conversation is like you're teaching your kid how to resolve conflicts. Like you've created a conflict because of your behavior as the parent and now you're resolving it. You're modeling that. So you're teaching your kids that. You're Modeling restitution, like restoring back, like fixing mistakes, right? You're also giving your kids permission to make mistakes and teaching them how to repair them. You're helping build your kids' self-awareness. The way that we do this strategy is you're actually inviting your kid to talk about how they felt while you were yelling at them or while you were, you know stonewalling them or criticizing them or whatever you were doing in your anger. So you're giving your kid an opportunity to self, to become more self-aware and to do some self-reflection. You're also teaching your kids how to practice empathy because you're helping them see what was going on for you on your side and you're helping them see what was going on for them on their side. 
So you're giving your kids like language about how to narrate difficult circumstances. So you're going back through and saying like, okay, so this thing happened. I said this and I did that and this is what happened. So you're, you know, giving them language to talk about hard things. So the other cool things that happen when you do these repair conversations is you improve your relationship with your child. You create more emotional safety in your home. You're removing fear and blame and guilt and shame as that in that parenting dynamic. And then plus, you actually will feel better as a parent, which is such a good thing, right? All right, so a repair conversation has three parts. The first is acknowledge, the second is recognize, and the third is repair. So I'm going to break these down for you. So acknowledging what happened, recognizing the impact, and repairing the mistake. So that first step is acknowledging what happened. You're going back and you're saying, here is what was going on and here's what I did and here's how I acted, right? So you want to describe what you said or did and the circumstance that was happening. Now, the power of doing this is because it actually gives your child language to describe what happened and it kind of gives them words instead of just emotion because when we have emotion that without words, it can be really confusing and it can create stuck feelings. So you're naming, you're narrating the circumstance like, hey, this is what happened. And then you're narrating your thoughts and feelings about why, how you were feeling and thinking when you, um, when you acted that way. And then you can talk a little bit about what you, what you could have done differently. So you're describing the actions you're describing the situation and you're describing, you know, how they responded. So for example, you'd say, when I came to the kitchen and I saw that you had eaten 10 cookies and that, you know, I found the cookies, I felt really angry and overwhelmed because I was worried that you weren't going to eat dinner. And I was also disappointed because I had made a nice dinner. And I grabbed the cookies and I threw them on the ground and I said, no more cookies in a really strong voice. And then you started to cry and you said, I hate you, mommy. And you ran away. Is that how you remember it? So you're going to describe what happened, how you, what, like the facts and like what was going on inside of you. And then you're going to say, is that how you remember it? So letting your child describe what they saw or heard is really helpful for them to use those that language to communicate what happened. So it doesn't get stored in like um like a memory that like they come they come out like 10 years later they're like what happened that day when you threw cookies at me or whatever. It's like you're actually creating a narrative in that moment. So you're letting your kid describe what they saw or heard. Now your child, they may not have the facts straight <laughs> and you might disagree. So they might say things like, well, you then you hit me with the cookies or whatever. And you're going to want to like argue with them, especially because you're in a vulnerable place apologizing and, you know, you don't want to have, you want the facts straight, but it's not really the time. Like you want to practice compassionate listening, like listening without judgment and if there's a lot of confusion about what you said or done, 
you can gently say, hmm, that's not how I remember it, but go on, tell me more. So you're really letting your kid talk for a couple minutes. That's acknowledging. The second is recognizing. So you're recognizing the impact. So you're trying to narrate how your impact, in, your actions might have impacted them and their feelings. So you would say, I wonder when I um, threw the cookies on the ground and I yelled really loudly, I wonder if you felt a little scared. I wonder if you were feeling a little bit sad because you were enjoying your cookies and then mommy came, right? Or if it's an older kid, you could be like, hey, I wonder when I came in and I was like, came in strong and, you know, criticized you for overeating if you felt really embarrassed. So whatever the age is, you want to match the, the emotional age with your voice, but you're using the same tools, that connection tool of like narrating and naming by guessing what their emotion might have been. And then again, you let your child talk. So they're going to say, yeah, it was scary or no, I don't care. Or I wish, I wish you wouldn't have done that mommy. Or, you know, why do you have to be like that? If you have an older kid and you're just listening, right? You actually did something wrong. So you're listening and acknowledging, yes, I did that. Yes, that impacted you, right? So you're acknowledging and recognizing and then that third step is repairing. So you start by saying, I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do to repair this, our relationship? Is there anything I can do to, you know, fix my mistake? So like what, right? You're probably like, what, Darlin? <laughs> right? So you can suggest something kind or thoughtful. Like if you hurt their body, you can be like, well, I, you know, I, I did throw those cookies at you and it did grab your arm hard. Can I give you a hug and can I give you some kisses on your arm, right? Or with an older kid, if, it rarely happens, but if you were really a little bit too physical, you can say, you know, hey, do you, do you need some ice or something like that? Um, if you harmed or removed a possession, like you broke the cookies or you threw them in the trash can or whatever it is, you can offer to replace that item if it's actually theirs so you know saying like I know I took your your lollipop and I threw it on the ground um would it work for you if I got you a new lollipop you know later this week or if your words caused them suffering like you were really critical or said something mean you can say would it be okay if I drew you a picture or you know hey I want to write you an apology letter does that work for you so you're kind of offering a way to repair that mistake and acknowledge and recognize and then repair that. And each time you're going to pause and like allow your child to forgive you if they want. If they make a reasonable suggestion, you can make that happen. Like, you know, mommy, you really scared me. Can you, you know, read a book to me or whatever it is like, you know, yes. You're, you can repair what, you, what you've done or just give a nice hug and make a little snack that they like or watch them play for a short while or offer to, you know, listen to them play the guitar or take, you know, if they're older, like, you know, go for a drive or whatever the thing is so that you can kind of build that connection back up. So I want you to know, like, there's no right outcome 
for these conversations. You don't have to get to some sort of like really deep connection or, you know, have your like the way that you fix your mistake, make this giant impact. It is, you don't need to get attached to like any specific result. Your child doesn't even have to accept your apology. Really any reaction from your child is okay. The only thing that's really important is your attempt to communicate the mistake you've made. Your willingness to be vulnerable and to sit in that discomfort of like, yeah, I didn't show up the way I wanted to as a parent and that's on me. Here's what was going on for me. Here's why. And here's what I would like to do differently. And what was that impact on you? Okay, great. Let me make that up to you if it's at all possible. And so your attempt at repair is the thing that is important. So these conversations, they can be awkward and they don't always go smoothly. Like your child might not even want to have one. And actually that's also okay. It's when you go through the work of doing this, even inside of yourself, like, huh, what was going on for me? Acknowledging, yes, I said that. Yes, I did that. That must have had an impact on my child. Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Instead, I'm going to do this. Like you going through that process in yourself is going to create a new dynamic between you and your child. So sometimes the these moments, sometimes these moments, these conversations can bring up old resentments and past hurts. And your child might say like, well, you always do this and you never let me have sweets and you're always saying no to screen time and you took it away last week. Like a lot of big feelings might come up and that's when you're shifting out of this repair conversation and just into compassionate listening and narrating and naming those feelings for your kids. Like, oh yeah, it seems like you have some big feelings towards mom. Like you're upset with me right now and I want to hear about it. Yes, that makes sense. Of course, of course you felt angry with me. Like really kind of validating, acknowledging and letting them spill out some of their resentment towards you. Stay as calm and present as you can. Now, if you notice that you're starting to feel stress or anger, that then just pause right there and just be like, this conversation is getting a little intense and I want to talk about this with you. I do, but not now. Um, cause I don't want to say anything that I regret. I don't want to hurt you. Um, I'm going to take a little break and, and that might bring up more feel like, see, this is what you always do. You never want to talk about it. Like you're right. You're right. This is not a good moment for me. I am going to take a break. I'm going to calm my body and then we can talk about it again. So you always have that power to set a limit if things are getting too intense for you. Or if they're getting really intense and they're not able to like come down from the intensity of the emotion, the emotion, then you get to say, this is really, this is a big conversation. And I can see that you have some really big feelings about it. And I want to help you with that. But first we need to go drink some water. First we need to go outside for a minute. Or I'm happy to talk to you about this later. It's getting, you know, too many big feelings right now. And you can just shift out in that moment. 
So your takeaway this week is thinking about a time where you did lose your temper with your kids, where you have shown up in a way that you didn't love. And thinking about those five ways that parents avoid, you know, handling a a rupture. Like, were you blaming your kid? Were you dismissing it? Were you feeling, you know, bribing them with guilt? Were you shaming yourself? Were you excusing yourself? If you look back and you think, oh, I've been in that pattern. Okay, so the next time that you do lose your temper, decide to go back and have this conversation, this repair conversation, and acknowledge what you did. Recognize the impact on your kids, how they thought and felt. And then offer to make it up to them by doing something small. It will make a huge difference in your relationship with your kid, but also in the way that they handle when they make a mistake, when they show up in anger or frustration or overwhelm, that they are able to like know how to say sorry in a way that works. So last thing, do not, do not, do not Beat yourself up, criticize yourself, shame yourself when you do make mistakes like this. Remind yourself, this is normal. I'm learning. I'm growing. I can repair this. There's no long-term damage here. And reset and have this conversation and recommit. And if you're finding yourself really losing your temper a lot, you need to be in Calm Mama Club. It's just a fact. Like, That's the place to get coached, get support, have someone guide you and help you figure out exactly why you're getting so upset. Clear some of that junk out so that you can show up differently and, um, you know, parent the way that you want to parent. So the enrollment is open, calmamacoaching.com backslash club. We would love to have you in there and um, I would love to help you get, you know, get some of this junk cleared out so that you can stop getting so upset with your kids and actually show up as the mom that you want to be. You're not a shitty mom, I promise. So come to the club and I'll help you clear all that out. All right. I hope you have a great week. 